Hi, this is Aaron Azrod, and welcome to the 71st episode of the Truth Island podcast. In life, we have probably had many conversations with other people. People that were quick to tell you everything about themselves without a moment's hesitation. People who have an opinion on just about every topic. People who like to boast about their accomplishments or friends that like to lament and complain about not only the big dramas and issues that are going on in their lives, but will even chew off your ears about some of the more smaller and trivial annoyances that life sometimes brings our way. However, in many of these conversations, one of four things might be occurring. One, the person that you are talking to is highly interested in you, but you are not interested in them. Two, you are highly interested in that person, but they are not interested in you. Three, the two of you are equally interested in in one another. Or four, neither one of you is actually listening to each other. While it remains close to impossible to change the behavior of another, we at least have the power to change the way that we listen to people, whether it be friends that we've known for decades or even a stranger we might meet in the airport. Joining me to help teach us how we can approach people with genuine curiosity, I am joined by Jonathan. Jonathan, is it just me or are people becoming a lot more inward in the way that they approach others? Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely think that they, um, especially during these times that are so polarizing, I definitely think that people have become more, uh, more opinionated. And because they are more opinionated, what happens is that they, not only do they stick to their opinion, but they automatically project that opinion onto onto people and it's not necessarily with what they say all all the time i mean that's the most obvious thing but it's also how they act Um, and those that don't agree or don't see or don't see that opinion in accord what happens is that they become more distant and i think that's that that's what uh, division is right division is really two different kinds of groups with two different kinds of opinions and people that kind of stick to those opinions. Um, and unfortunately, I would agree with you that people have definitely become more, more hostile. Yeah. Yeah. I, I spoke to my friend Joe about this in that people are definitely living in their own echo chambers and their own silos. And as a result of that, when someone from the outside approaches them with any kind of opinion and so forth, it kind of creates a, a hostile reaction because people are used to hearing the same thing over and over again. Like they're not even accustomed to brushing elbows with people who might disagree with them. I know, I, I, absolutely, absolutely. And, and and I guess the other thing is that it, it's for that exact reason that I think that it's we have to take it upon ourselves to really make the difference and, and, and talk to these, these people. Cause I mean, w- when you speak to somebody that has the same opinion as you, or when you speak to somebody that is just like you, that's easy. That's easy. There's no, there's really no challenge because, well, you're going to automatically get along. But what happens when you speak to somebody or what happens when there's somebody that doesn't um, agree with you that is different from you? Or simply you don't understand or or they're misunderstood to you. Uh, What happens? Yes, yes. And I I think that we, we, you know, us human beings, we like life to be on easy mode. We really like easy mode. We don't like calculus. We like algebra. We, we, love, we, love, we love everything that's super easy. Don't have to think about it. And I think that when we have friends that represent the familiar, our mind isn't really activated, right? We know what they're going to say. They know what I'm going to say. And there's no, there's no real challenge there. Our mind actually goes into calculus mode when we're surrounded by people who are actively challenging us. And the only way to be challenged is to be around people that have opposing viewpoints to that of your own. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's why I've kind of taken it upon myself to really put myself in those situations where I'm speaking and I'm amongst people that don't necessarily, I agree with, and they don't agree with me or, or maybe people that are just different. See, I've, uh, for the past six years, I've been working with, uh, with American Airlines 
And I started with them just using my, my language skills because I speak uh, Spanish and Portuguese. Nice. Um, but it, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they've been very useful. Are those languages very, I've heard they're similar to one another? How, or is Portuguese yeah. more closer to Italian from what I've heard? No, no they, they are. They are. They're, they're both Latin languages, but Portuguese is, is, is very, very similar. Very similar to, to Spanish. It's just a little bit more nasal than Spanish is. Gotcha. Um, Spanish is more kind of tongue placement, but, uh, but definitely, no, definitely. And, and while I was, while I was an American, I was also taking some engineering classes and eventually, um, that's what got me into, into aviation engineering. But while I was doing that, I had the neat opportunity of, uh, visiting, um, every year, every 12 months, I would make it a goal to try to go to all, uh, six continents. I, I haven't been Antarctica yet. That's, uh, <laughs> that's on the list. Well, you got to talk with the penguins there. You know, I'm I'm sure they're dying yeah, to hear yeah. your your point of view on things. <laughs> Absolutely, and and we have we have colonies there too, right? We have the American, the French, the Australian. Like we have, yes, um, yeah, yeah. We have the, the the we have people there already, and, and I would definitely like to talk to them. They're probably a little bit more unified than the rest of us, just because they. <laughs> I mean, it's only them, right? But um, yeah, yeah, and they're all scientists and down to earth. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and then, I mean, and, and every time they go down there, they have to live with each other for twelve months. So it's like, uh, let's let's get along for. <laughs> oh yeah, right? yeah. Oh, I think I think geez. that's I think if like Truth Island is the name of the podcast, but I ever think that there's a physical location where truth exists at all times. It's probably there in Antarctica, where you're with the, when you're living with the same dude for twelve months in close quarters, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, th- th- that's that's a very good point because yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because that that makes me think. You know, truth or commonality. It's kind of easy when it's contained, right? It's easy when it's in a contained area or a contained demographic, right? But it's when you start getting maybe a little bit more diverse or when you start having people challenge that commonality, that's when things get kind of interesting. And, and I mean, we, we, we've seen it, right? We've seen it for, you know, he, here in the States and we've definitely seen it, you know, in other areas. I mean, we have Brexit in, in the UK, right? But you know, and that, that's, that's the thing, you know, every time I travel, I'd always, I'd always like, and actually this goes before I should say, cause this, this has always been my thing. Even as a kid, I loved being in uncomfortable situations. What I mean by that is I loved being in situations where I wasn't amongst people that I knew. I wasn't amongst a culture that I knew. I didn't speak the language. I. I was the foreigner. I was the, you know, the, the, I was obviously, you know, you can tell that I was not in, you know, amongst my own. I had always loved that as a kid, but especially during, you know, when I traveled, you know, I, I tried, I, you know, I have a habit of kind of learning a couple of catchphrases of the language of, you know, the, the place that I'd go to, but I wasn't fluent by any means. It was just catchphrases, you know, or not catchphrases, but basic, you know. That makes uh, you a creams. very, I think that makes you a very uh, rare breed of person because I think <laughs> most people, um, they would never dare travel to a place if they didn't speak the language or they were surrounded by people that they knew that could hook them up and so forth. And, you know, especially I think of us, you know, I've been to Europe a few times. Us Americans love to stick together with our, you know, other fellow English speaking folk and so forth. And, I think it takes a lot of guts to go out there and say, you know, parlez-vous français or just like, like, like <laughs> do, your, do, do your best to kind yeah. of speak to somebody that's a little bit out of your element, you know, and, and there's a fear, there's a judgment and we're very, we're very tribal like creatures, you know, and I have, I've actually heard, I, I, someone told me a study that the, the biggest thing that allows us to determine who we want to hang out with is not our race or ethnicity or any of this other stuff. It's actually language. We actually, like if you're, if you are mm-hmm. in a room with a set of people, the most important thing beyond everything else is like, who speaks the same language as me, right? Because that, and that, mm-hmm. when you really think about it is the most fundamental thing. Cause if you can't speak the same language as someone else, well, you're going to feel like, Oh my God, what the heck is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's a great point because 
language that that's how you communicate right that's in and you know body language can only take you so far right <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no that that's that's um that's a good point and, and 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 thank you thank you i um i appreciate that i you know i i would do it really for first and the obvious reason is for you know obviously basic communication right um but i also did it to kind of pay homage a little bit to to the place that i was going it's you know as tourists um, it's my opinion at least that when you know when when we're in a new place or a new uh country a new region uh you know it's we have to be you know respectful of their their customs their you know culture but at the same time knowing a little bit of their language is a sign of respect towards them um absolutely they will say like I, they say that Parisians or French people are rude. And what I, I actually, when I was in France, I had nothing but wonderful things to say because I tr- like, I actually, and I bought one of these like learn French in 10 minutes kind of books or something like that. So mm. by no means did I know how to speak French, but I actually tried, I would say Je voudrais, or, or, or like I would say it with the worst possible accent. And then the French waiter or the French person that was asking for directions, they would smile and be like, ah, he's trying. And then, and then they would like, and then obviously they have a much greater grasp of English than I do of French. And then they would start speaking to me in English and be like, okay, the bus is over there, my friend and and so forth. But I think that that, that common decency or that common courtesy of like, let me at least try and bend and, and, and say a few words or try and meet them halfway. I mean, I was probably meeting them 10% of the way, but the fact that they saw that little 10% of, of effort, I think makes a great deal to people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm so glad that you use the word effort because I think that showing effort goes so far especially in a new culture like it it shows not just respect but it shows that you're trying it shows that you're willing that you're willing to attempt to be amongst them and 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 to communicate they know that you're most likely not fluent that's okay no one's telling you that you should no one's telling you that you should you know, have taken AP French and you should be, you know, be able to <laughs> recite French literature, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But the attempt, you're trying. Um, and the little that you know, you are showing. This is interesting what you, you were saying. And I, I remember I was working at a school once and a parent called and they only spoke Spanish. And I, I, I did take, you know, four semesters of Spanish in college. And I was trying my best to just, I was like, un momento, like just, you know, like I was just trying my best to speak as little Spanish as possible hmm. just until I could find a, a, an appropriate translator because I, I did have an important thing to say regarding their child. And I remember there was this one colleague that I worked with and she was just like, Aaron, I'm offended that you're trying to speak Spanish right now. You know, like you're, you're making a mockery of the language. And I just looked at her and I was like, no, um, this is how I speak it very poorly. I'm really trying my best to just communicate with this parent who's in need to the best of my ability. And, you know, I, I was just, I was not trying to make a mockery of the language. It's just my, my Spanish is that poor, but I just was like saying, un momento, just, you know, like, just hold on one second. Let me get somebody here that speaks Spanish. And like, I, I'm sure I said a thousand, one, a thousand things wrong, but I feel like sometimes we have that that judgment that like, oh, other people are judging me and so forth. And that kind of prevents us. Like, if you ever want me to speak Spanish, well, then that's not the thing to say to me. You should be encouraging me. Be like, hey, Aaron, I see that you were trying to speak Spanish. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You're, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, I mean, I mean, think of it this way. When somebody who doesn't know English very well and they approach you with the very little English that they know, and they try to communicate like you very, very, very seldom time. Like, do I notice somebody or even myself? I know I've never done this where you immediately, you know, just stop communicating with them or, or, or you mock them for, for trying. No, you, you try your best to kind of connect their words and kind of, you know, figure out what they're saying, but we like that they're trying. Right. Yes. Um, so, 
so often than not, like you'll, you know, for instance, you'll go inside of a Latin supermarket or, you know, maybe an Asian supermarket and you'll hear people talking amongst themselves and you kind of brush it off. Or, or maybe if they're in proximity to you and they're talking, it might, it, it bothers some people. It doesn't bother me, but I know it bothers some people. Uh, but what happens when they, with their English, they communicate to you or they tell you, hey, would you, are you looking for this? Are you doing this? Or, or just a simple greeting. Doesn't that make you feel better that at least, because you're, you're maybe amongst people that are speaking their own language and you don't speak that language. So sure. when they turn to you and speak English um, and either, I, I know some people have even like apologized. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I, can I help you? Or, or we're just talking, you know, and, and I wasn't even, I wasn't even asking them or I wasn't even bothered by it, but people have apologized that they, that I'm kind of left out of the loop. So th the same thing goes when, when we're in a foreign country, when, when we, when we attempt and when we at least know some catchphrases, like, and some greetings, I think that goes a really long way. It, it, it really does. Absolutely. And I think it's just a, a common respect and common courtesy for other people. Okay. Onwards with your journey about getting to know people a little bit more. I'm curious to hear this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I guess kind of like we were talking about, you know, with the travels, like got me the most or what really fascinated me more than anything about all the places that I've, that I traveled to. And mind you, like I kind of mentioned, you know, I, I, I love, you know, trying new things, you know, being kind of in, you know, uncomfortable situations. What always fascinated me is how similar we were. Uh, every time, you know, I talk to people, 90% of the time, they want the same thing that I want. They want prosperity, happiness, success, family, love. They want all those things, health. But the only difference with them and with myself was, that we just have a different way of getting there. We, we, we have a different opinion on how we can get to those, those, those goals, but they're the same goals, right? Yes, yes. I love what you're saying now about us all being a lot more similar than different. And one thing that I always uh, have as a little reminder, no matter who I'm with or whatever, we all put food in through the same hole. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like there is no culture where food goes in some other hole. There's only one hole in which food goes in, and that's universal. And I think that as human beings, right, we all need our oxygen. We all need food. We all get upset. You know, like we all have these things in common. And you know, if if aliens are like looking down upon us, they think we're all the same. You know, and, and that's how when we look down at ants, when we look down at ants or we look down at any kind of insect, we don't, oh, no, no, these are like the uh, left of the apartment ants and these are the right of the apartment. Like we don't distinguish, we're just like ants. And I, I think that is very true about us as human beings is that we are just human beings. Like, yeah, there are tiny little nuances and differences, but our fundamental mm -hmm. needs are pretty much the same, pretty much the yeah. same. Absolutely. No, you're, ab you nailed it. You nailed it. Absolutely. And I think that it's, it kind of made me giggle a little bit when, you know, I'd be, you know, maybe in a country in, you know, nor North Africa along the Mediterranean and we would talk about food and yet they'd go and they'd grab like a Coca-Cola, right. <laughs> or, you know, they would talk, they'd turn the TV on and they were watching the Simpsons but in their language, same show that we watch here. Right. Yeah. Um, or when they grab, you know, when they, they take out their, their phone and they jump on Instagram or Facebook, Whoa, <laughs> same thing we do here. Right. The Simpsons it's, one always gets me because I used to yeah. always think, Oh, well, man, these people are from a foreign country. There's no way they're going to get this Homer Simpson or this Ned Flanders joke. Like I always just mm. assume that, but then I realized, Oh, Holy crap. These people completely know exactly what I'm talking about. And um, on one hand, it shows how much America has kind of put its arms and, and hands around everything. But on the yeah. other hand, it just shows us that we we all basically have the same sense of humor in, in one way mm -hmm. or another, you know? So I, I think there is truth in that. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and, and I always, I always, it, it wasn't that I was feasting upon the similarities because 
when I'm when I'm in Europe, I don't necessarily want to be eating McDonald's or you know the first thing I grab is a Coke. Nothing against them. It's just I'm I'm there. I want to try their things, right? Yeah, yeah. But but it's still fascinated me. It's still fascinated me that those were the commonalities, right? That we had. Um, and, and and it you know I I continued I continued with this. And the fascinating thing is that now that we're kind of in the COVID era. I mean, travel's gone down, obviously, but I continued, I continued to have these conversations. I continued to have these interactions, but it, but it changed a little bit because a lot of my interactions, at least in the past couple of months, have been here in the States, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the unique thing is that some of the conversations and some of the interactions that I've had in the past few months have been more different, more polarizing, and more opinionated than some of the foreign countries that I've been to. <laughs> no, that's interesting. Um, so tell me, like, I, I want you to kind of give me like a before and after. So tell me about like, you're, you're traveling abroad. Tell okay. me some of the conversations you would have with foreigners. And now mm-hmm. compare that to like, having conversations with um americans in the in the in the COVID era yeah yeah no absolutely um i i think a, a lot of the different conversations that i had abroad um, a lot of them were based on uh, uh culture a lot of them were based on uh you know kind of the, the the history and maybe some of the landmarks or specifically the region that i was in right um for example if it was middle east then a lot of the conversation was uh, based around religion and how religion and culture and nationalism, like they kind of, they're all one thing, right? For example, um, or, you know, if I was in, you know, in, in Europe, depending on if it was, you know, a dramatic, if it was, you know, one of the British Isles, a Mediterranean, you know, it d- depend on what region of Europe I was in, food, food definitely um, how Europe, yeah, how, how Europe would see themselves differently than, um, you know, how, how they cut the line. For example, when I was in Turkey, it, w- it was very common that some, that some Turks would say like, oh, we're, you know, we're, we're not the Middle East, we're Europe. But then I would talk to some Turks that said, no, no, we're not Europe, we're the Middle East, right? So definitely that example. Or in, you know, in, in Britain, for example, how I'd have the conversation with, and, and, and this is central London, nothing too crazy, pretty, you know, but you know, how they talk about just how, how British you were, right. Compared to other people. So a lot of the conversations were, you know, about, about culture. And then a lot of my other conversations with, with people were generally speaking, demographics and kind of based off of ideas. And, and what I mean by that is, I've always loved talking to somebody who's part of a, a demographic that's really polarizing. Now, for example, before we go there for a second, what I really love about your technique mm-hmm. is I think many Americans make the mistake of like, where's Eiffel Tower? Where's Big Ben? Right? Yeah. Like we go, we go yeah. straight for the facts. Like we want to know where this is, or can you point out a good restaurant? Great. Thank you. And then you just go on your merry way. What I like about your technique is that when you're approaching people for information, you let the conversation go into deeper territory. You're like, hey, tell me about the difference between this cuisine and that cuisine. Tell me about, oh, where is this church? Oh, could you tell me a little bit more about that religion? Could you tell me more about this sect of Christianity or this um, sect of, uh, uh, you know, like you're actually asking more detailed questions about the culture. You're asking not only where this historic landmark is, but tell me more about it. What do you know about it? Or um, I know that British people, they love talking about the queen. Like if you, if you can get any British person and you talk about the Royal family, they will go on and on and on and on and on and on. And I remember we, you know, and they know they, they can talk about Diana and they, they can go all the way back in there. And when you're actually interested in that, because as an American, I could say, 
I don't care about the queen. I don't care about the royal family. I don't care about Buckingham Palace or whatever. And you could just be closed-minded, be like, tell me where my facts are, right? Tell me where my big Ben yeah. is and just be on your merry way. But it's actually those interactions that you actually remember more than any of the sightseeing that you'll do. It's actually talking to locals and kind of digging them and mining them for information about their culture, their way of life, the way they process information, the way they think. That's the stuff that that lives with you for years, not just some stupid like selfie in front of whatever. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and those are kind of the things like I, I really like to kind of go off, off of the beaten trail, you know, and speak to people that were that were different like pe- people that weren't that the average tourists wouldn't kind of see you know or wouldn't go to so i you know I, and 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 more than anything else um i i was really i was really attracted to people that were maybe even polarizing within within their own culture right for example you know i right so i I met a friend who was a you know messianic Jew in in France, and I was able to have a conversation with him about what it meant to be Jewish in in Europe, and specifically with him, because this part you know Toulouse is kind of um, the countryside a little bit. It's kind of a working town because that's where the Airbus factory is, and that's what I was there to do. I was there to actually go to the Airbus factory but i had uh through a mutual friend he told me that his friend could actually give kind of be my tour guide and can help me out and he, he picked me up at the, at the at the airport and and we kind of went together and, and i had a great conversation with him about and, and, and my do i have a lot of jewish friends here in the states but i had never had a conversation with somebody who um was was messianic jew which of course means you know uh somebody who's Jewish, but believes that, you know, Jesus Christ is your savior, the savior. And he came to this world and the Messiah came. Right. And I had great conversations with him. And, and it was, it was interesting because during that conversation, we never spoke about anything having to necessarily do with French culture. I'm not trying to talk down on on them or anyone. That's not what I'm, I'm not trying to give it a negative connotation. Uh, What I'm trying to do though, is say, that I, it's, it's those conversations that really, really attract me because it's not just am I in a foreign country, but now I'm speaking to somebody who in their own way, they're kind of a foreigner in their own culture. Now, that's interesting. And that's, that's actually taking a genuine interest in people right because Mm. a lot of americans can go to france and be like you're not a real french person you're you're not you're not like wearing um a striped shirt and and playing the accordion and eating cheese and drinking wine right now like so they, they they could go to france and look for that really 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 superficial experience but here you find this messianic jew and you don't really care whether he is the epitome of being a French person. You just think he's really interesting and has a really interesting story and maybe an interesting yeah. life philosophy. And I, I think that that, um, th- th- that within itself shows that you have a genuine interest in people. And I think that is a super awesome thing to have because you make that trip ever so more desirable and so much more pleasant by just being interested in somebody who you would not otherwise, um, you know, brush elbows with. And you, you probably learned a lot. Like, heck, I would lo- like, I'm actually Jewish. I would actually like to talk with this guy and see why, you know, how it is that he practices Judaism and also has like, I, I would, I would love to sit down with this guy for 10 hours and just like pick his mind on every little detail yeah. and, and get to learn more about him. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely, and, and I, I think that's the thing because it's like we, I that that that's what kind of a, a, attracted me to to travel. I mean, obviously, you know, we there people travel for several reasons, right? It's never just one, but that that one was always one for me is having conversations with people uh, and being able to talk to them about. Maybe, maybe the same things that we can talk to somebody back here in the States, but from their point of view, right? Because we don't, we live in two different continents. 
yet how he sees, you know, for example, the Jewish religion, how he sees it and how someone here would, might see it is very different. And, and even, you know, he, he was talking about, you know, the, the, you know, language, for example, right? How he had to, it's not just, you know, English and French, but Hebrew, like it. So th there's just so many, so many different there's so many different things to, I kind of call it like, I don't want to say dark tourism, but, but maybe, you know, uh, multiple dimensions. Different yeah. It's yeah like multiple, multiple dimensions. It's yeah. multiple dimensions. And what you're, what you're doing right there is you're not just cherry picking what you want to see and what you want to learn about. And that's real tourism right there. Real tourism is not like, I just want to learn about this thing. I'm only curious about the Notre Dame Cathedral. That's all I care about. I just want to know about the things our, I want to really drink uh, a cappuccino at that fancy French looking coffee shop, right? That's, that's fake tourism because you have a highly scripted and curated idea of what you want to do. Real mm -hmm. tourism means that you're kind of opened up and you're curious about whatever the hell it is that comes your way. Now, Maybe something you you know you you talk to someone you really don't like them that's okay it's you don't have to like everything that that lands in your lap but to not even be curious about things that may magically land in your lap I think is a mm -hmm. a great dis disservice okay talk about how things start changing now now that we're in COVID and now that you're um, all the flights are mostly domestic at this point so tell tell me about how this changes now that we're only traveling in a domestic landscape right right yeah. Um, and when, you know, one of the things that COVID did and one of the things that COVID didn't do, <laughs> yeah, COVID may have, you know, kind of paused travel for a little bit, but something that COVID didn't do is stop my curiosity of people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yay, and, yay, man. You got yeah. Your curiosity has the vaccination. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Take that Pfizer. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but, but you, you know what I found interesting though, Aaron, is that I, I found that I, I started speaking to, you know, people within my, um, within my own country, right. A little bit more. And, and mind you, you know, I, I've, I had traveled to, you know, I'm, I, I'm originally from New York, but I had traveled to, you know, uh, down south, you know, or uh, you know, you know, Louisiana or up, up by Canada. You're you know. originally from Long Island City, right, in Queens? Um, yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I was. I was born in um, in uh, in Washington Heights. Oh, okay. Washington sorry, Heights. Washington yeah. Heights. Got it. Yeah, but you know what I've really, really found interesting was I here, not too far away, within a ten minute. 20 minute drive max, I found some of the most polarizing people. Um, and I found some of the people that I found some groups of people that were absolutely fascinating. And, and that's, and that, that's the thing about with, with COVID it's, it's not just COVID hasn't just been about the actual virus itself, but it's been about how people, what people think about it. You know, if, wearing a mask does it infringe on your on your rights is it you know no it's it's for your protection it's for my protection but covid you know something like covid where you thought you know it's like okay that that's 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 a virus let's just you know do our thing to you know to be safe but but somehow you know people unfortunately people made it a political thing right and that that that's what made the, these past couple months, just as curious, if not more curious, before when I was traveling abroad. Now, this is interesting. Uh, so are, are you saying that, like, if you saw someone, like, let's say, not wearing a mask, would you be curious to find out, like, why they're not wearing a mask? Is that kind of like picking up? Because before, it's really hard to tell if someone's polarizing or not just by looking at them, right? It, it's really, right, it's right. really, it's really, it's really difficult to see who who's standing out here and making a scene, right? Because unless you're going to a, a political rally, you're not carrying signs and things like that. But I think that um that is one issue, you know, people who wear masks versus per people who don't wear masks. And right off the bat, you can kind of tell something, you can tell something about the way a person thinks, whether they are making that kind of decision. 
So I'm wondering, like, did that is that it was that like a gateway into being like, oh, this person looks interesting. Let me go ahead and talk to them. No, not necessarily just, you know, if somebody's wearing a mask or not. What, what I meant more than that is just so happened that COVID kind of happened around, you know, the election season. Um, and I think that COVID kind of fueled the both of the points of views, the you know, political points of views. It fueled them, you know, in, in a good or in a bad way, but it it kind of happened to happen around that time, right? For example, for example, I here in uh, you know, I've been in Arizona during in Phoenix, Arizona during this uh, the pandemic, right? When it started back in uh, back in March, April. Sure. And you know, I wanted to I kind of wanted to do what I had been doing during my travels and, you know, kind of talk to different people. And I was able to talk to different people here. And one of the, for example, one of the people that I was really fascinated by, um, his name is Mr. Jay Chin. And he was actually running for the state Senate here in Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. And he is a South Korean. He's a South Korean immigrant who had has been here now for several years. He's started his own business and he's been very successful at it. And he was actually uh, chased by the uh, South Korean government. And they actually wanted to go ahead and, for political reasons, they wanted to go ahead and, and kill him. What? So, yeah. Yeah, and he and that's part of the reason why he fled South Korea. And he was here in Phoenix and and this happened several years ago, but that's the reason why he migrated here to the states. And specifically Phoenix because you know, he wanted to kind of stay away from, you know, some of the big cities, Los Angeles, New York type cities, right? Um and and I found it fascinating that he his take on politics um he was you know he he was running as, as a republican right and he was actually a really big um he was a really big trump supporter and he was kind of more on the conservative political point, points of views but one of the fascinating things about him is that you know you wouldn't think that based off of what he had gone through or or better yet based off of where he was because he was actually running in a very liberal part of the city i guess and i just find it fascinating because his point of view was very different very different and i wanted to talk to him i knew that i just needed to reach out to him because i wanted to learn right and Part of the part of the reason or, or part of the goal of these conversations that I have with people here or even abroad, right, was number one to to be able to you know have a peaceful conversation and learn from from you know their culture, right, but specifically learn something about them. Sure. Now, how did you? Um, I'm just curious. So, how did you like initially hear about him? Did he, did you just find out of him? Like, you turned on the TV or on your phone, you saw that he was running for office, and, and that's what, like, and then is that how you found out about his story? Like, you read about him first, and then you decided to seek him out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually heard about him. Um, I had seen uh, his his yard signs all around town. Ah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Again, that's being curious because uh, you know, normal people might just be like, "Whatever, whatever." You know, I'm just getting from point A to point B. But you're the kind of guy, Jonathan, that's driving along, and you're like, "Huh, uh, who's that running for office?" And then, and then you go, and then you whip out your phone and Google the dude, right? So that's that's kind of it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I had heard about. Uh, an airline that was uh, a new airline that was starting that was mainly for cargo that was going to start doing flights from um, from cities in Asia to Phoenix directly mm. right and I had heard about this and, and they were trying to um, present this this bill before the you know the Arizona Senate so that they can 
you know, pass it, get funding for it and approve it. And I had heard about this a couple months ago. And I come to find out that he was actually one of the people that was that was um, involved in trying to make this happen. So that just added to my curiosity because obviously I, you know, I am in the travel industry, I guess you can say. So so that was that was something that, you know, interested me. But then when I saw him, I just, you know, read up on him and I actually, I, I ran into him and I, I knew that I had to talk to him because see, normally what I do pre-COVID is I would, you know, email people, try to reach out to them on their social media sites and, and just, you know, uh, approach them specifically on their you know social media sites and tell them, let me, let me just, you know, if I can talk to you in, in your setting. Right. Mm-hmm. If I can talk to you, if I can, and and one of the the you know exact ways I try to you know approach people is with little acts of service. For example, I'd say, oh, you know, Mr. Chin, right, Mr. Chin, I know that you're gonna have you're gonna have a rally. Can I offer to go take you know some bottled water so I can hand out to your you know your supporters? I just want to help you but I'd like to talk to you as well. Right. So it's kind of like a, I, I kind of picture it kind of like a date. <laughs> like I'm, you're showing up with chocolate and flowers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, they're, they're giving me something. They're giving me their attention. They're giving me their time yeah, uh, to sit down and talk. Um, and I'm giving them something, right. I'm, sure. I, I need to, we need to have, we need to exchange something. It, it needs to be, both sides need to need to get something need to win something right and i this this is this is also like one of my philosophies is like never walk into a room empty-handed right and it's like Mm -hmm. it's kind of along this line of like i want your attention and you know like like i'm 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 in the in in the like the humbled position here like i'm asking for something but what but what you're doing though is you're like hey I'm going to bring some bottled water and some like, you know, snacks to this thing. Would you mind if we just, you know, I'm bringing this, would you mind just, you know, a few minutes of your time here and there. And that's a beautiful technique, Jonathan. I think I'm, I'm stealing that. Like, that's absolutely beautiful. Is that, is, is that you just like, and I think this actually works well, maybe even with like, high profile figures or figures that yeah. are perceived mm-hmm. to be above us or just inaccessible or we can't reach them and, and it's like so forth. And it's like, well, in fairness, if you're just messaging them with your your hands out and like, you know, give me, give me, give me, give, give me, give me, give me your time, give me this, you know, like I kind of, I kind of feel for them like, uh, you know, but like when you show up and you're like, hey, I'm doing this for you. And even if Mr. Chin said, you know, hey, man, I might be really busy. I bet knowing like being the good guy that you are, you would have still showed up with that bottle of water and, and done like you said. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that's the thing, because I when I approach him and, and, and I have to I have to say that not everybody is accepting. Not everybody says, yeah, come along. You know, <laughs> um, you, you do get rejection quite a bit. Sure, I've actually. Yeah. I've, I've tried to reach to, to, I've tried to reach out to several people and, and I know that it's, you know, the, you know, the, the, the election season, you know, ha- just happened and it was around then. And, and plus with COVID a lot, a lot of people were a little bit more on the defensive side or, or maybe, you know, just, just didn't respond because they were busy. But, but here's the thing though. I, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a politician. I'm not affiliated with with any with any party, any group, with anyone. I'm just a common citizen. I'm 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 a I'm a nobody. I, as a matter of fact, I my my professional life or my field of study has absolutely nothing to do with talking to people, right? That's what makes you the perfect person to do this. Because if you're a journalist or you're another politician, you got an agenda, right? Like you, you've yeah, got like, yeah. oh, I'm I'm a journalist. I'm going to get this nice juicy story out of so and so and blah blah blah, right? And you might be trying to help them, you might be trying to hurt them, but you got you got a bottom line, and that's to sell your your article or to sell your your news story. Whereas in your situation, 
you're just there out of a curious man who wants truth and wants some answers and wants to understand. And I think that's the most genuine a level of approach that's the most genuine and most philosophical that's like a true philosopher approaching somebody because it's like i'm not here to ruin you i'm not here to help you i'm not here to do anything i just want to talk with you and get some of your thoughts into my mind so i can better understand what it is that you're about and what it is that you're trying to do and there's something almost childlike and very beautiful about that jonathan so so thank you oh (laughs) I, I appreciate it. Thank you. That's, um, and, 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 you know, that, that, that's the thing because, because I, I don't have an agenda and the truth is I don't, I'm, I'm not, like I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a journalist or anything, but it's that exact reason why so often we think, right. For example, you know, we talk about, we talk about the world and how bad it is and, Oh, we need change, right? We need change in the world. We need, we need unity. You know, we need peace. We need our leaders to be examples. All very true points, right? But the, what, what people fail to understand is that change and unity, they, they think it's, it's from the top, right? They think that, it's, that once our leaders change, then it kind of trickles down. Once they change, then it'll be easier for me to change, right? Once there's peace in the world, then it'll be easy for me to be to show that peace. And, and that, that couldn't be more wrong. It's up to us. It's up to every person. And it's we have the communications, the, the, the people that we talk to on an everyday basis, the people in our world, in our spheres. That's how we change the world. You can actually change the world every day by having that interaction with that person, with those people, with that group that you walk by or that, you know, your, your neighbors that you see at school. That's how you change the world. Because what happens is when we have conversations with the people that are different from us, in our community, in our group, in our families, when we have those conversations and when we find the commonalities and and genuinely talk to somebody to learn and and to, to be able to coexist with them, that's where change happens. And that's where we plant the seed. And that's how we're going to change the world. It's not going to happen from the top. It's going to happen from the bottom. Absolutely, Jonathan. Sense. No, that was beautiful. Um, absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it, it's really, it's really beautiful. And and I, I think a lot of us are just sitting and waiting, and we make excuses. We blame. We, you know, I, I did a an episode recently with Claire, and you know, we just talk about most people are just waiting for their leaders to act. They're waiting for all of these figureheads in the clouds. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there being like, you know, and I was a poli sci major. I'm like, nope, they ain't doing nothing for us. Like that they're not. And it's not that I'm not saying that they're bad people or inept or anything like that. It's just that they're just a reflection of who we are. And if we're, yeah. if, if we're, if we're a group of non-curious people, if, if we as people are just not really curious, not really benevolent, not, not really caring about one another, well, why do we expect our elected, and I'm going to emphasize the word elected officials to be any different? Like they're not monarchs. Like, you know, this isn't King Henry the, the eighth or something that was just thrown in there. We elected these people and, you know, we could get into a whole thing about the two-party system, but ultimately they're a f- reflection of who we are. And to be honest, a lot of people like to just blame Washington. They like to just blame politicians and be like, oh, they're all corrupt and this. And I'm like, folks, we're corrupt. We're the ones that are, are lazy. We're the ones that don't, that aren't motivated. We're not curious about how our fellow neighbors are doing. You know, if you've ever lived in New York, ask a New Yorker, who are your neighbors? Who are your neighbors? Who lives in your building? Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know anyone, you know? And it's like, we do this to ourselves. We're not curious about who's around us. We're not curious about what's going on around us. And 
a society which isn't fundamentally curious about things and the world around it is really destined to fail. And we only have ourselves to blame when, when our leaders don't match the aspirations that we wish. You know, we only have to look at ourselves for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and like you mentioned, you know, it's, it's, it's not up to our leaders. We, we, we think it is, but it, it isn't actually, because what happens is we all have our opinions, right? Um, and, and, and mind you, I, when I go and talk to people with different opinions in myself, I'm not going to have my opinion compromised, nor am I going to change their opinion. Mm, I like that. That's not the purpose. Yeah, that, that's not the purpose of the conversation. The purpose of the conversation is to be able to find the common ground and be able to find the way that we can not just coexist, but that we, you know, okay, you're on this side and I'm on this side, but guess what? There, there is something that we can both work on. There is something that we both um, are passionate about, both want to do, want to accomplish. And guess what? Let's work on that. Let's work on that and let's focus on that. And let's not focus on why we're different. Let's focus on how we're similar. Yes, yes. And I like what you just said that like you're, you're, you're not going in there to change minds, but you're not there to be compromised either. And, mm-hmm. and, and this is a beautiful philosophy because on one hand, you're not a doormat. You're not like, yes, yes, master, teach me. You know, you're not like going in there so that these people can just flip you around. But on the other hand, you're not a preacher. You're not, you're not trying to convert people to your cause and, and, and be like, yes, I changed that guy's opinion. Woohoo, victory for me, check mark. Like, it's really about like going in there. Maybe you learn something new or maybe you don't, but it's really just trying to understand. And, and that takes a, a level of, of really mastering the ego. You know, it takes high levels of curiosity. It takes putting your ego in submission and being like, I'm not the, I'm not the all knowing being who's going to go into this state and enlightened. I'm going to enlighten. Like we have this vision that we're going to walk into the room and be like, now, Hey there, everyone listen to me, you know? And like, and like, you're just like, and when we have all these movies where people are like, Oh, and they, and they start clapping and then like the whole room. No, it's like, you're not going to ever be that kind of figure. But what you can do is you can listen. You can ask lots of questions. They might change you a little bit and you might change them a little bit. But the way you change the world is by pivoting. Like we always think it's a giant push. Like it's one like, you know, emotional tirade. And then you like give this emotional speech and bang a table and, you know, flip over a chair or something. That's not how you actually change people's mind. That's how you change people's mind in the movies because they want to win an Oscar and they want to like give an Oscar winning performance. But in real life, it's a lot of like, eh, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I think you make a good point there. That's actually the language of change. It's not this dramatic, it's not this like dramatic Oscar winning performance that changes people's minds. It's actually in these little like, yeah, but but let's just take it this way and that and, and like, it takes time, right? Like it takes, it takes a while. It can't just be achieved in five minutes. It takes hours and hours of, of conversation. It takes a, a, a huge barrel of patience in order to kind of get through some of these, these conversations. And, and our media doesn't do service to it because everything in the media is like a five minute, like you lose, I win, blah, 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 moving on to the next thing. And I, I think that's awesome. Um, let's go ahead and just finish up what happened when you actually met Mr. Chen. Right. Um, so, so I, 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 I met up with him and I, you know, I, I, I told him it, it was actually kind of, kind of unique. Cause I was, I was expecting him to tell me, okay, let's have a phone call. Right. Yeah. Let's have a phone caller, but no, he told me, okay, you want to talk? That's fine. Come to, come to a restaurant where I am going to, you know, be, with you know people to help with, uh, with my campaign um and and we can talk we can talk um and, and i knew going into this when he told me that i knew going into this that i would be in a room with people that didn't agree with <laughs> where we didn't agree on you know politically right sure um but that's okay that's okay that was that's why, that's exactly what I wanted. And I told him, I said, I want to meet you in your habitat. I want to meet you. I want to be the one that comes to you and sees how you, you know, go in, you know, 
walk, walk in your shoes, if you will, kind of, right? And, and we did. And, and what I told him, I said, let me, you know, I, I want to help. I want to help. Um, let me help you take down all of your yard signs because he, he needed, you know, um, we actually met on election night of all nights. <laughs> um, and, but did the day after I told him, I, you know, cause he mentioned it goes, okay, now we have to pick up the signs. And I told him, let me help you. Let me go and let me help you take down these signs and let me have a discussion with you. Let, let me, let me talk with you. Let me talk with you so that I can learn. Let me talk so that I can learn and I can, I can serve you. I can learn, but I can find, find what, what we do agree on, find our common ground. And it was, it was such an awesome thing because the, the day after we, um, we met up, we went and we started taking, taking the signs down and I spent several hours with him. And, and, and the neatest thing happened, Aaron, because when we were talking, I forgot, I forgot for several, for several, like, like an hour or so, I completely forgot that he was running as a politician. I forgot what side of the political spectrum he was on. I forgot that we didn't see eye to eye on everything. I forgot about that. I was talking to him like I was talking to my best friend. And we were agreeing on the one thing, for, like, like I told you, you know, the, the, the push to have, you know, this, uh, this Asian airline come to Phoenix to kind of boost Asian travel from Phoenix. That's what we were talking about. And I, it didn't matter that we disagreed on things. It didn't matter who he voted for and who I voted for. None of that mattered. What mattered during that time that I was talking to him and helping him and serving him, right, was what we have found and that we were both passionate about. And now I don't have, I don't look at Mr. Chin as a candidate that I helped. I look at him as a friend. Wow. I mean, this, this is, this is really beautiful. And I think that's the ideal state of mind that we all need to be in for this democracy to work. There's no, like folks, folks listening, it's never going to work until we can all be really be like you, Jonathan, and just say, Hey, this is a human being. And like the fact that you went, you went into this situation with so many olive branches, right? You went in with water bottles. You were like, Hey, sir, l- let me help you take these signs out of people's yards and so forth. And this is quote unquote, an adversary or w- whatever it is. I, I don't even like using that word right now, but you went in to the game with someone who you disagree with, but you fundamentally saw that he was human. You fundamentally saw that regardless of his label or whatever, he was advocating for the same cause as you and and that's increased uh, uh, travel to Asian countries and so forth. And when we start seeing human beings in this light, when we start seeing everyone as just being human beings that want things, and think think of a family, you know, like um, I, I've got family. Sometimes we want the same thing. Sometimes we don't want the same thing. There's still family at the end of the day. I'm not like, oh, man, you really wanted to eat at the Japanese restaurant. I was really feeling Mexican tonight. I don't want to speak to you anymore. No, we're family. You just wanted one thing and I just wanted another thing. And I don't understand, I, I, I don't understand why it's not the same way in politics, why it's not the same way of like, hey, you just wanted this type of food and I just wanted that type of food. Looks like we disagree, friend. And, 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 then, and then we move on to other issues and we move on to other topics. But we, we tend to get we tend to take everything extremely personal. We tend to we, we tend to just completely submit into our emotions. And when we do this, we start seeing people who disagree with us as others instead of just people who disagree with us. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 I have to say, I have I have a disclaimer. It's a lot. It's a lot easier said than done. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
and 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 not just with you know for example mr chin but but many you know many other times they because initially when i sit down and i have a conversation with someone the first thing that they tend to do is they tend to kind of take control of the conversation right sure and and they Frame, start framing the narrative about, framing the narrative exactly exactly yeah and they start throwing their their opinion right well this is what's going on and this is what's wrong with america this is what's going on this is this is what they're doing this is them they did this they did you know and i just and want I to I, I just want to throw one thing out there is that yeah. this happens on both sides okay yeah, 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 yeah. yeah this happens on both sides liberals and conservatives alike you talk to any one of them that's you know completely drinking the kool-aid and they like to they like to frame the narrative they like to do all of this other stuff and and i just want to you know it's like th this behavior happens e you know equal opportunity out there we're not just picking on one side yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. sorry to interrupt jonathan please no no no, no 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 i'm glad you did i'm glad you did because no i i, I don't <laughs> i'm not pointing fingers at any side both sides do that right yeah um and that all all conversations usually start out that way <laughs> yep they're talking they're they're demanding the attention and they have something to say <laughs> and i listen i stop and i just listen i don't say anything and and it's hard it is i i have to be honest with you it's very hard but what keeps me calm what calms me in, in those situations is while they're talking in my head i'm thinking okay what I'm, I'm i'm trying to find what can we both that passion that he has what can we both find that we're passionate about what what can we both how can we leave this conversation both fighting the same fight and, and for the same cause right i call it the i call <laughs> i call it the leaving the room effect what i mean by that is kind of like i mentioned you know we, we try to find you know commonality between somebody that you're different than somebody you disagree with or someone you just just don't understand or who's misunderstood right um we try to find the common grounds but i call it the leave the room effect because when i leave the room when i'm done with them when i'm done talking with them and when i'm gone i want i want them to be able to look back and say or if somebody asks asks them how so how was your conversation with him with jonathan I want them to be able to say, you know what, we're different, but he listened. We're different. We don't agree on this, but that's okay. Or, or simply, you know what, he's a good guy. Yes, yes. He's a good guy See, because he listened. Yes, yes. I love this. I love this. And, and this idea of like, some people might say, oh, well, Jonathan just wants to be liked by everybody. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what this is. Because in these interactions, you're still speaking candidly. You're still being respectful and you're still saying, oh, you know, oh, excuse me, sir. You know, what if we thought of it this way? Or, you know, I, I, I tend to think this or something. And there's a difference. Like if you want to be liked by everybody, well, then you lie. Then you lie and say, yeah, 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 I agree with you. But in these situations, Jonathan, you're not lying to anyone, right? You're not, you're not lying to them and pretending like you see eye to eye with them. You're still holding your ground and you're still being like, well, I, I do respectively disagree with you. It was great chatting with you. And that's that's all that we're asking here. We're not asking you that you be phony and that you pretend to believe in things that you don't believe in. What we are asking is that you speak your mind eloquently, but you're not a jerk about it. And that that person can still look at you and be like, that Jonathan, you know, we don't see eye to eye, but he's one hell of a human being. He's one hell of a nice guy. And that's that's how you actually change people's opinion and by, by, by speaking your truth in a respectful way and still just being a nice person. And I think that our society, we can't do both. We, we think that if you're a nice person, you're uh, a doormat or you're super agreeable and that you'll just say yes to everything, but you can actually be both. You can be a nice person and you can also speak the truth at the same time. The, the two qualities are not mutually uh, exclusive from one another. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and many times they, they know what I think <laughs> they, 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 they know it's not, 
I don't throw I don't throw my opinion on them, but it doesn't take too long to figure out that you know we don't uh, we don't agree on on you know things and and, and specifically I, you know I'll I'll mention you know I'll I'll talk about you know politics just because or the election just because we just you know we just lived through it right yeah um, and just so we can relate for a second but you know with with you know I I, I spoke to Mr Chin and and he knew he knew where I stood sure right? yeah. But, and that's the thing, because I, and, and I told them from the very beginning, I said, my, my conversation with you, my purpose is so that we can, um, we can find something similar, because that's more important to me than, than what, what we agree on, or what, I'm sorry, what we disagree on, right? What we disagree on is not really relevant to me at the moment, because I'm here to learn from you. I don't have to, I don't have to look far or look hard to know <laughs> what we disagree on. And, and that's, that's where curiosity and that's where, you know, my, my curiosity, I used it almost as a, as the superpower, as a power, because with that curiosity, I was able, that's what drove me to seek out these people. Right. And my, my unknown, my, my, my common, you know, not, not being a journalist, not being a politician, not being anyone of fame or anyone, just being a common man. That was, that was my strength because I was able to approach him with the purpose of learning and not having an agenda. And I was able to approach him as just the normal citizen. Cause guess what? Specific, specifically with, you know, the, 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 you know, Mr. Chen was running, as a politician, guess what? You're going to have to talk to people on both sides. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. As a politician, that's your job. And, and, and people are going to disagree with you. You're going to debate with people. You know, that, that, that's just part of your job. People are going to, people are going to automatically love you or hate you. Right. But how many people, how many people actually sit down to learn from you? How many people actually sit down? And that's, and that's my goal. And that, and that's really, to be honest with you, I, it's a vision. It's a vision. It's a goal of my, and it's not, I'm not going to change everybody. I'm not going to be able to talk to everybody in, in, in my life. Right. But it is, it is my purpose. My purpose is to be able to, through curiosity, be able to bridge people who are different, be able to connect with people who are different. And it's going to take my, the rest of my life talking to all sorts of people to do that. It's not just, you know, I, I may, the reason that I initially started may have been kind of selfish because I wanted to talk to people for the purpose of learning and for my curiosity, right? That's not selfish to me, but. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Well, well I'm saying, I, 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 like, I, 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 I'm the one approaching them, right? So like, yeah, it's yeah, something yeah. I wanted to get. But the reason, or better yet, the vision is a lot bigger than me. The vision is a lot bigger than what I want to accomplish because what I want to show and what I want to be able to, to, to have people understand is that this is the way that we'll be able to change the world. Yes. As, as, as far-fetched and as crazy as that sounds, I'm, I'm sticking with it. This is how we're going to change the world. And you can. You change the world every day. I, and what, I, think, I think the final takeaway I'll say is I love what you said. To those listening out there, curiosity is a superpower. I'll say it again. Curiosity is a superpower. Jonathan, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Aaron. This concludes the 71st episode of the Truth Island Podcast. I'm Aaron Azrod.